guys, this is El Serpentico, and you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reference show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reference show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it Right Down the Middle. That would be the whole ref and show. My name, Perry Smith. My name, Darren Beasley. There you go. See, what Tip Count is, right. His you don't name, need it. Tarzan, her name, <laughs> Jane. That's right. It's snappy. It's nice and snappy. I like it very much. On today's episode, we're talking about the Royal Rumble, the ladies' Royal Rumble, including our very own Royal Rumble contest, Darren. That's right. We're going to give a little bit more info about the Rumble. We're going to give a little bit. (laughs) Wait. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Give a little bit. That's the Super Tramp song, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I I do believe so, yes. Uh, So we're talking about the Rumble, all things Rumble, and uh, we're also talking about yours and mine, you being Darren, mine being me, uh, our top ten... me being Perry. No, uh, me being Darren. No, yeah, yeah. You being Tarzan. Exactly. Wait a minute. Okay. Our top ten favorites from 2017. This is our first episode of 2018. So we're going to take that opportunity to step back to 2017 and talk about uh, our favorites, uh, our, our top 10 favorites from 2017. Hell yeah, I am very excited to share with you, Perry, and share with you, dear listeners, who my top 10 favorite wrestlers of 2017 were. We have not revealed our list to one another. We will only slowly reveal them to one another Ooh. live on the air, here in person, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, mano y mano. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to talking to you, Darren Beasley, about wrestling. It's wacky, it's wild, it's kooky, it's creepy and it's kooky. It's altogether spooky. It's the Adams Family! That's right. I think there was another line that I forgot. But anyway... We're all together... Ookie. Ookie? I think they're ookie. <laughs> yeah. They made up words for their song. Oh, they definitely did. They definitely did. Uh, before we talk about yours and I's favorites, we got to start with them. Headlines! On January 28th, WWE will have its annual Royal Rumble, which means on January 28th, Darren and I will have our annual, <laughs> or now annual, Royal Rumble Contest. Shit, yeah, it is. That's right, folks. If you don't know about the Royal Rumble Contest, you can get involved and potentially win a pretty awesome prize from your favorite wrestling podcast. The only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. Yeah, maybe you can't enter the Royal Rumble. Maybe your prize can't be a title shot at WrestleMania. But you can enter the whole ref and show's Royal Rumble contest yes and you can win a shot at a great prize that is correct darren now for those who don't know how this goes we're gonna draw numbers whatever number you are randomly assigned makes you that wrestler in the royal rumble if your wrestler wins you win the other 29 
sorry, there's always next year. There are some important dates that you need to know. The number one most important date that you need to know is the deadline for entry. It is Tuesday, January 16th at noon. That's right. So you want to make sure you hit us up. Hit us up on our Gmail, The Whole Ref and Show, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Subject, Royal Rumble Contest. You got to send in your name, social media handle, where you're from, a brief introduction, and a picture. And again, that deadline for submissions is the 16th of January. And you know what? That doesn't mean wait to the 15th, folks. Enter now. Enter now. Be enter one of the now. 30. Enter off. <laughs> enter early and often. No, just enter once, but <laughs> it's horrible advice. Horrible advice. And those other two dates are simply the two dates of the podcast leading up to the Rumble. That is January 19th, when we will tell you the 30 listeners who have entered the contest who have been randomly chosen. That second week, you will then be, again, randomized, the 30 of you, to receive your Royal Rumble entry numbers. So, deadline for entry is the 16th, and then listen to the following two episodes to see if you are in and who you are. Oh, that is right. It's going to be really exciting. It was. It made the Rumble that much more interesting to watch. And we weren't even in it. We weren't even in it. We're sitting there last year with last year's list going, oh, look, this is, uh, who is this? <laughs> there goes there goes Carl Johnson. He got thrown out. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. It kind of makes it a bit more interesting. It's like it betting. Does. It's like betting, only this is legal. <laughs> this, this is a legal contest uh, for the most part that we're, no, that we're aware of. Um, I wish we could add, like, right here, I wish we could add, like, uh, some really... Uh, like the fine print where we talk about how family members and employees of the whole reference show cannot. Oh no, the they time. absolutely can. But we have to get the micro machines guy to, oh, to yeah, do it so he yeah, can read yeah. it super fast, and no one can tell what he was saying. Is he still alive? I'm sure he's still alive. He's also the voice of Blur in the Transformers cartoon. Yeah, very, very fitting. Very it fitting. is very fitting. Um, so, <laughs> so there it is, folks. The Royal Rumble contest. Make sure that you uh, get involved. And uh, you could win something very cool. All right. T- TBA to be announced. Uh, so definitely want to uh, check on that. Speaking of Royal Rumbles, the women of WWE are getting their very own. Getting their very own Royal Rumble. So this is uh, confirmed. The Rumble's happening. We know about that. Now it is confirmed that there will be 30 women in the Rumble. Thank God. And it's going to be normal men's Rumble rules over the top. Feet touch the ground, you're out, which is great. I think there are a lot of people who are worried about, will it be 20 people? Will it be like touch football? Like you just touch the women and they have to leave? Um, <laughs> That'd that, be the worst rumble ever. It would be All pretty, right, I touched you, you're out. I, yeah, because I think you could touch each other. Oh, they're both eliminated, both eliminated. Everyone oh, just kind of yeah. touches each other. No, definitely two thumbs up for making sure that they're following the rules, uh, they're keeping the rules the same, and they're like, explicitly the same rules. Absolutely. Because I... They're not tweaking anything. Like I've been saying for the past few weeks, like, if it's going to happen, if it's going to fail, you know, again, I can't imagine how it could fail. It needs to fail because it just didn't work. Not because, okay, it'll be like the Rumble, but, you know, none of that. Just, it's going to be a 30-woman Rumble. Now, that being said, 
there will be some tropes, some Royal Rumble tropes, that I'm almost guaranteeing we will see. Uh, I'll be very surprised if we don't. Yeah, I, I, I still want to see Shelton Benjamin come out and take a big fall. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I, I'm saying who's going to be the Kofi? Who's going to pull a Kofi Kingston and do everything except let both feet touch the ground? Right. Who's going to walk on their hands or, or parkour you like, need John, uh, like John Morrison out to the guardrail? Yeah. You know, who's going to... All that kind of stuff. Who's going to be that? You're going to need people who, who stand out like that. Though. Right. Who's going to who's gonna be the first woman to skin the cat? Right. You know, who's going to do that? You know, as... Uh, as an owner of cats, Darren, I don't appreciate that <laughs> term. Well, you dig it up with Shawn Michaels and Jim Ross. For those who don't know, skinning the cat is where you're thrown over the top rope. Uh, but you, you keep holding on with your arms, even though you're basically about to touch the floor with your feet. And you somehow backflip yourself back over the ropes again. Yeah, somehow, me and by somehow you mean uh, ridiculous upper body strength. That's stupid. Yeah. I, I could barely even go over the top rope, let alone go to the top rope while still holding on, let alone go to the top rope while still holding on. And then force myself back over it. I think you could do the first part. I think you could do the very first part. I could even get into the ring. Because gravity <laughs> gravity is going to help you with at least falling no, you out of the ring. you have to jump up to get over. Oh, you're tall enough. You could just do the... You could just, uh, like, cane it. But like, say, lean. watch it. Watch you about to say here. You could bastard booger over the top <laughs> rope. Let's see. Who is, who is in you horrible shape? Who is in horrible shape? You could King Mabel out. No problem. These are mean things that Darren was thinking, folks. This is what I deal with every day. Um, so we actually do have some confirmed uh, participants in the Women's Rumble. Obviously, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, who are both champions, SmackDown and Raw Women's Champions, they will not be in the Rumble. Traditionally, the champions are not in the Rumble because you're fighting for a chance to become number one contender. Um, so, I mean, it's it's got to be 30 women. There's only so many women on the roster, so these are kind of no-brainers, but... These are the confirmed entrants for the uh, Women's Rumble. Naomi actually is the very first person announced to be a part of the Rumble. Uh, followed by Asuka, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Paige. The, the entire absolution is involved. So Paige, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Carmella, Lana, Tamina Snuka, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. So all of the Riot Squad as well. Basically. So that's already about 14 people. So they're about halfway there already. All right. We can pretty much... Those are the confirmed ones. Let the speculation begin. Who's left? Who's left on Raw and SmackDown that's not a part of that? That leaves a few people who are uh, strangely missing, including uh, Becky Lynch. Also, uh, Nikki James. That's right. I, I'm going to say from the NXT... You're not going to put the champion in there, I don't think. So, no Ember Moon, but what about uh, Nikki Cross? Insanity. That'd be awesome. Kyrie Sane seems like a likely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Shayna Baszler, now that they're hyping her up. And, and Ronda Rousey. There's Ronda Rousey yeah. for you. Where are we going to have? Is this going to be her debut? I think this is exactly how you make a Ronda Rousey WWE debut. I don't think she needs to win the first women's wrestling Royal Rumble. No, she absolutely doesn't need to win, but I still think it's a good place for her to debut. I think Refrigerator Perry from the Hall of Fame should show up and win this thing. Because of his name? Refrigerator. (laughs) 
Yes, you've always been a fan of refrigerators. So, I'm, I mean, I, I was excited as soon as they announced that it was potentially happening. And then when they announced that it was happening, I'm even more excited. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, all the people we named are obvious choices because basically they're going to throw everyone they have into it. But even with the 14, and even naming a couple more on Raw and SmackDown that haven't been announced, and those NXT people, and a possible Ronda Rousey, that's still not 30. I'm, that's still, like, clearly five empty, empty slots that unless they just fill them with NXT people, that's pretty exciting to think maybe they'll bring, like, a truly unexpected person in. It'd be cool if two of the slots were the Bellas. I, I will say that. Yeah, I will say that, yeah. Like, you bring in Nikki somewhere around 15, and then maybe, like, d- like directly after that, it's it's Brie, and that way kind of the, the Bellas run together for a little while. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Um, I mean, there are already factions involved with the Absolution and the Riot Squad, so, I mean, all that's, that's cool anyway, but the sisters, man! The twins, the Bella twins. Heck yeah, that would be a, that would be a big deal. That would really be a big deal. This match is a big deal. Yeah, Nikki would get a big pop. I think Brie even more so get a big pop. But I mean, I, I mean, I we talked, we speculated that the match would happen, right? For enough weeks that the announcement of it is almost like we're just like, yeah, like we said, it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. but really. Really, it should be. Well, let's not let's not downplay it whatsoever. This is huge. This is this is momentous. You know, I don't. I I tend not to get wrapped up in everything having to be historic and everything having to be breaking down barriers. It's like okay, once you set yourselves on that path. Uh, yeah, you're doing it, and you should be commended for it at least the first time, mm-hmm. or commended. Uh, for the effort as a whole, but constantly patting yourself on the back week after week by going, look, look what we're doing for women. Well, I, that gets a little tiresome. Yeah. But it doesn't erase how cool and big it is. Just ease up. Ease up on the words revolutionary and ease up on the words groundbreaking and like barrier breaking because it just gets a little... Uh, it gets a little ham-fisted after a while. Well, I mean, WWE tends to celebrate every milestone, <laughs> every bullshit milestone, and this is not a bullshit milestone, by the way, but like saying like, well, this is the 10th time we said uh, Jamaica in one broadcast, so we actually, we won that award, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like when every week is, well, Rusev appearing here, that's a milestone because that's the... 20th time Rusev has appeared here in Milwaukee. Like, I mean, like, it literally well, actually, is that every week. Put, no, and that's the very good point. And when right. you put it in those terms, no wonder it, it, it creates a, a, an odd sensation in my mind. It's plain and simply Boy Who Cried Wolf. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what it is. It's like, yeah, you're taking away the specialness of something. By making everything special. A trophy doesn't look as cool if it's in a cabinet full of 40 other trophies. Right. It kind of doesn't mean anything anymore. Anyway, stop celebrating every milestone. Which, by the way, this is historic. This is the first time it's happening, and it's a long time overdue. Um, So I'm taking nothing away from it. But if everything else is also a celebration, you need to save it. Save the champagne for the actual celebrations. And I think this is one of them. 
This is. I'm definitely going to be drinking champagne on January the 28th. I will be. And hopefully the women's Royal Rumble match will open the show so it will be bookended mm. by the two Rumbles. And if I'm drinking champagne at the beginning of the show, then four hours later I'm going to be wasted. I think you might as well put this at the end of the show at this point. Kinda. After the men's Rumble? Sure. Whoa, easy, easy there, male. Oh, no, I'm... <laughs> No, I, I think I think the the women's rumble has more because there, there's not a lot of surprises they can do in a royal rumble and a men's royal rumble. You know what I mean? Short sure, short of bringing someone in that you don't expect for a women's rumble, no one knows exactly how it's going to go down. Who those surprises could be because they don't typically just say, "Hey, work the rumble." You know, work this one night. We're doing the rumble this year, so you want to come out and do that for fun one night? I mean, this is news. Totally different. I want to see who they get. There's enough behind this that it could be could be the main event, and that's fine. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't they know. do need to separate them though. One needs to open, and one needs to close. I totally agree with that. Yeah, they they do need one needs to open, and one needs to close. And at least year one, I don't think the women will close the show. Well, it's tough because your two best wrestlers arguably are not in the match. Right. So that that's one thing that's kind of like. You you got a lot of very talented women in there already, but that means that the other ones are the ones that aren't quite up to scale with the ones that are already in. So, but I am, and, and I'll say this, and then I'll, that'll be all I have to say about the women's Royal Rumble uh, for as far as this week goes. Uh, plenty more to say later, I'm sure, especially as we might get some of those secrets actually revealed before. They may not wait until the clock hits zero. Some They'll these... probably tell you who the winner's going to be, so we should tune in to see. Because <laughs> they, they often do that. They take away all the secrecy. There's, there's, there's no surprises anymore. But the women's match, the women's rumble this year, will be, any way you slice it, more of a spectacle. Because we've never seen 30 women in a WWE match before. So it's going to be like, oh my god. Right. This is all of them. These are all the women that I've been following over the last year, three years, five years, whatever. They're restraining orders. And uh, <laughs> and like we said before, now that they've sort of gotten away from the, this is the one with purple hair. This is the one with green hair. Right. This is the one with orange hair. But yet they do remain distinct. Mm-hmm. That's going to be even more of a literal visual spectacle. And I just think that, you know... The personalities, the faces, the costumes, the different wrestling uh, styles and abilities, uh, as well as body types and move sets, that's it's going to be really cool. It'll be neat. It'll be really, really cool. I'm very much looking forward to it. Super excited about it. And the men's rumble as well, because you never know who they'll throw in. And uh, yeah, the, the, the people are like... <laughs> They don't even have 30 people on the roster. It's like they had 32 non-signed people work the Mae Young Classic. How hard do you think it is to get 30 women to come in and wrestle on this thing? So, be part of history? Sure. Do you know how many wrestlers exist out in the world right now? Lady wrestlers? Uh, about 20 million. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And uh, some of these women in the Women's Rumble may or may not have made my... Top 10 list. Perhaps it made your top 10 list. I don't know, Darren. I don't know. Because 2017 was a big year in wrestling. There was a lot of wrestling to cover. Darren and I covered as much as we could. 
possibly fit onto the show. And uh, we have uh, opinions, man. You know it. You listen to the show, you know we got them opinions. We have a wrestling podcast full of opinions. And uh, we're going to have to do something that we don't like to do, which is make a top ten list uh, in a world full of... Who doesn't like to make a list? You take that back. It's hard to do it, man, to pick ten favorites out of a gazillion other people. That's not easy, man. But anyway, regardless, here is our top ten of 2017. 2017 is now in the rearview mirror, and now we are going to look forward to 2018, because that's where we are, Darren. We're now in 2018. 2018. You know, I, I would be upset with myself okay. if I didn't take this opportunity to make another meatloaf reference, and uh, your objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. Oh. That's, uh, that's a little-known... Uh, Meatloaf song off of Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. Okay. Is it Bat Out of Hell T-O-O? Like two? Like, look yeah. who's talking two? <laughs> yes. Look who's a Bat Out of Hell two? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Look who's a Bat Out of Hell now. I think Meatloaf is, is doing little enough now that he might do our show. So let's, let's, oh try, to my get, God. let's try to get Meatloaf on our show. That would be a coup. That would be a coup. That would be, and... Uh, it would be cuckoo. It would be cuckoo <laughs> uh, for Cocoa Puffs if we got Meatloaf on the show. But yes, 2018, brand new year. What what does the wrestling world have in store for us? I, I hope a lot. I hope a lot also. It will be a lot. But before we look forward to the future, Darren, we must look back at 2017. Because you and I want to talk about our... Top 10 favorite wrestlers of 2017. You and I have separate lists. I have not told you mine. You have not told me yours. Um, I think I can kind of guess some of yours. You can probably guess some of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we did this last year. Uh, would it have anything to do with the fact that we have spent the last year pretty much yeah. watching and uh, a lot of wrestling, attending a lot of wrestling shows, and uh, oh yeah, talking about it at yeah. great length. At least once a week. Well, it, it gives me an idea of who might be on it. Sure. Every sure. time you see a really nice DDT, you go, oh, he's, he's in my top seven. You know. <laughs> um, the so. dude, oh, oh fast-tracked my top three. <laughs> and, and, and that dude, star years away from my top million. Right. So we have, we have our individual top tens. Uh, obviously, I assume some wrestlers are going to overlap. Um, yeah. So we, we, won't, we won't talk about the same person twice, but go like... Well, you said it was number eight. Well, he, he's my number two. So sure. Uh, I hope there's not that much of a divide where you think you think someone's number two worthy, and I'm like, he's, he's number eight at best, Darren. Well, the weirdest thing is that inevitably there's going to be somebody probably in one of our top four that's nowhere that's not even, even the on the other yeah. person's list because I, you and I see eye to eye on what wrestling should be. Right, should be good. I, yeah. I think you and I definitely and, and always have had a very, very similar idea of what wrestling should be. Mm-hmm. However, I definitely feel you and I uh, are very different judges of other people's ability to pull off our visions. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, I feel like if I see a wrestler and I'm like, there he is, He's he or she is doing it, they're totally doing it, and you're like... Really? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I think no, I, I think I, I, therein lies the I, difference and and who we who we pull for and why. No, I understand. Um, I actually had this thought just when you were saying that it's the the way people felt about Star Wars: The Last Jedi, <laughs> where they felt that you know it was okay, but they would have rather seen things go a little differently. Sure, that's how I feel after every pay per view on WWE. Oh, definitely how I feel <laughs> after every WWE. Well, we couldn't possibly not every be sing, Not every single one, but obviously the characters that I'm invested in. Well, not every single match, but yeah, probably every single show. I'm saying that WWE is Last Jedi once a month. Um. Ooh. <laughs> that is... That... That... That, uh... Wow, that sounds like a sinking ship. That's, uh... Well, and WWE is anything but. Because they have the characters that you care about, that you know and you love... Uh, and but they kind of do they set the expectations. They, they go, you know what? They dangle the carrot. We're not going to do that. No, but then they spoiler alert. Yeah. Kill everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so so our top tens. By the way, it is absurd uh, that we are even able to make a top ten, considering how much crazy talent is out there right now in the wrestling world. If this were like 95, oh yeah, this would have been cranked out in like five minutes. Oh, too true. But, you know, uh, so much to think about. Uh, well, the thing is, there is an incredible amount of talent coming out of Stanford. We said it before. We've complained about it. We've talked about ways to... <laughs> this town's too good, make it stop! Exactly. exactly. Spread it out. Spread it out. Share the wealth. Right. Um, and, then, and, and that being said, I mean... The wrestlers I know that I've chosen, at least, um, it, it's not necessarily a reflection on the way they've been booked, but more so their ability to do the best with what they have. Absolutely. But as far as the talent itself, not only are we talking about uh, an extra-loaded, overloaded, mega-loaded WWE roster from Raw to SmackDown to 205 Live to NXT to the Mae Young Classic to... The uh, UK tournament. I mean, all of that happened in 2017. Yeah. All those rosters got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the whole world started looking at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that roster is stacked as well. Talk about a major influx of new hot talent. The young boys of just a few years ago have all gone out. They've done their international tours They've floundered on Impact. They've made a huge splash in ROH. And now they've come home to roost. And New Japan is home to incredible top talent uh, in the international world of wrestling. And then you have your Ring of Honors. You have Impact and the independent scene in 2017. This was, you know, year two, year three uh, of this new indie uh, renaissance. But I'm saying it is... I'm gonna go ahead and call it year one. To me, it it is, it is year like holy. It's year holy shit. It's year holy shit of the indie renaissance, and because uh, the of year that, holy shit of our lord, <laughs> twenty seventeen. So much. So last loose, last loose, loose, loose. There's so much to pick from. Like you said, how could you possibly do it? One way I did do myself a small favor uh, after making it very very hard for me to pick my top ten, like incredibly hard. For me to pick my top 10 of 2016, I set out this year by making myself a top 10 of each month. Smart. Then I sat down and I looked at, and I wrote down 1 through 10 and who were in those places every month. And then I started looking through and going, 
huh, that person was number one, and then they didn't appear even on the top ten in any other month. Right. So they must have had a damn good match, uh, or they had a, a damn good story, and then, uh-oh, what or, happened? Or a damn bad injury this year. There you go. Right. Or, or like, for example, somebody might appear on my list, you know, seven times, but everyone is around like three or four. Right. Well, hell, that person might have ended up as number one mm-hmm. because they were three or four all year. And then all of a sudden, I you know, I sat there and I looked at my, you know, looked at my big compilation list and was like, okay, who really made an impact on me this whole year? So mine, I, I'm pretty proud of my list, at least in that it is, it's not my best of December, which unfortunately I feel like last year my best of 2016 was my best of December 2016. And that's tough too because I think if 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 you're doing a top 10 for the year correctly, I think you went about it the right way. That being said, I did not do that. <laughs> so me making my top 10 was very like, uh, like oh God, some people did a lot of great stuff in the beginning of the year. And then after WrestleMania, it was totally quiet. Sure, um, Matt Hardy, and uh, so yeah, it, it's it's tough because there's people like, oh man, they were so great in the last few months. Like, like I wanted Jericho on my list, and he did a lot of great stuff until WrestleMania, and then he went away. And it's like, well, then that that's more than half the year he can't be in my top ten. That's totally fair. So, uh, and I mean, all the stuff with with Fozzie's, uh, I, I don't know. It, it may be good. I don't know. But anyway, um, so this is what I this is what I propose. We we start at number ten. Uh, you say yours. Aaron's proposal, uh, everybody. I, I, I'll say my A number gentleman ten. Gentleman caller, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Brandy. Gentleman caller, Brandy. Oh, Brandy. Brandy Alton. This is so sudden. Um. Okay. So I'll, I'll you'll you'll say your number ten. I'll say my number ten. I'm number ten. We'll uh, we'll give our piece. We'll go all the way up to our number one. And I think after we do all ten, that we each take just a couple of minutes to give some honorable mentions. Okay. Because I know I didn't make an honorable mentions list, Darren. You, you don't have to make an honorable mentions list. I'm pretty sure you could think to yourself as you go through these 10 honorable mentions would be like 50 people well then give me 50 but you have to say them really fast so you can do it in just a couple minutes oh man now I I think that I absolutely would be remiss if I did not uh, include some honorable mentions because when I made this top 10 I was pulling my hair out even with the assistance I'd given myself uh, with my month by month list it was it was tough you were sweating bullets uh, but I like the honorable, the honorable mention we should actually call uh, You Were Good But Not Good Enough. Oh, um, that's hard. That's that's what you said. Is that what I said? No, but... No, that's what you said. <laughs> Wait a minute. If, if, if No, they, you just said it. And you know what? No, no, no. You could check the recording. If, just if rewind. There's, we're not recording this. And uh, if this were a t-shirt, it'd be a No Fear t-shirt. <laughs> oh my God. Honorable mentions. All good. right, here we go. Not here we go. You're number 10. You're number 10 first. Go. No, I said you have to go first. No, you're... Okay, my number 10. Yay. Darren Beasley's you number 10. You can't be 10. number 10 on your own list. I... Okay. This is number 10. <laughs> well, number... First of all, if you're going to put yourself on the list, why wouldn't you be number one? <laughs> if you're that much of an egomaniac, but you're on your own list, you have hey, to be number one. Hey, you don't know me. I, I don't, apparently. 
All right, this is, uh, so Darren Beasley's top 10 wrestlers of 2017, starting with number 10. At my number 10 slot, I have Dalton Castle. Whoa, not surprising at all. Dalton Castle, the party peacock, the planet peacock, the meister of the boys, and your current ROH world champion as of this recording. Ultra. Ring of Honor world champion defeated Cody, the American Nightmare. That's Cody very Rhodes. surprising that they let Dalton Castle go over on uh, the Bullet Club's beloved Cody Rhodes. Well, at, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cody. Just Cody. Yeah, and Cody's beloved, and he is beloved by me, but Dalton Castle, a bit more beloved. Surprising, yes, maybe, but also very true. I am very pleased with Dalton Castle on top of ROH. The, the Cody uh, title reign and then the Dalton Castle title reign says a lot about Ring of Honor in 2017 and what Ring of Honor is going to be doing in 2018. This is not, this is not the home of Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk. This is not the home of your Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe. This is a new era in Ring of Honor, and it makes me very happy that one of my very favorite wrestlers this year and any year, Dalton Castle, is on top of the mountain there in ROH. But you have to remember that there was the there was the rumor that Dalton Castle was not going to re-sign with ROH. Instead, he was going to get called up to NXT, WWE. So it could be ROH said, now, now Dalton, stick around. Good things happen to you, wink, wink. Wink, wink, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Don Castle always uh, enjoys a good wink wink. Right, which, by the way, that, that does not mean that he is not capable of, uh, of being there purely based on talent. Because that just ain't true. So who's your number 10, sir? Uh, my number 10 is going to have to be someone who was much lower, and by that I mean higher, uh, last year. You know, the, I think it was top 5, maybe top, probably top 5. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose Whoa. is consistent. Um, he, he always gets consistent matches. He always has that high Dean Ambrose energy in the ring. He's so laid back when he's doing interviews. He's kind of backstage or whatever. And he's entertaining, too, backstage. Um, he's he, a Nirvana song. He is. Right? He's a Pixies song. It's like... Um... So, yeah, I, I love Ambrose. I've, I've always loved Ambrose. Um, I, I, I like that he looks different. I like that he wrestles in jeans. Um, obviously, booking-wise, there has not been a lot for Ambrose the last year. And, uh, you know, the half-assing, the reuniting of the Shield, which, again, that's not WWE's fault, how things kind of fell apart, for, you know, the mumps and all that shit with uh, Roman Reigns. Um, but no, Ambrose has also won a bunch of titles this year, and he's had a really good year. He has. Um, yes. I'm with you there. So, so he's been, he's been everywhere. Poor guy was, uh, <laughs> at WrestleMania. He, he's gonna miss this WrestleMania due to injury. Last WrestleMania, he was in the pre-show, fighting for the Intercontinental title. Uh, WWE, you know what's going on at all? I, I, I will take this opportunity to say that... As long as you make it on the DVD, pre-show, when we've had this argument before, uh, and we've both been on both sides of it, I think, but like, I firmly believe the pre-show really, the, that terminology is getting dated, and especially in the era of the network, mm -hmm. where it's happening in the arena, in front of a live crowd, contiguous with the other matches in the night, 
Okay, it's the pre-show, but really it's it's the show. Right. I mean, it's on the show. Um, it really sucks though if it does if you do get cut off the DVD uh, version. Which, you're you're a special feature, right? At least, come uh, on. Yeah. So that's weird if that doesn't happen. But yeah, it is kind of weird. Dean Ambrose. It's gonna look really bad for the man known as the workhorse of the mm-hmm. WWE to uh, ostensibly be off of two rest two. Two of the spotlights right. of, of two consecutive WrestleManias. Yeah, that's, that's that's no good. But I mean, again, Dean Ambrose, work ethic alone, um, still still tries hard to be good. Um, so w- that that's nice. But um, also, a- Ambrose could do a lot more. But that's more like that's more about the shackles that WWE has on Ambrose than Ambrose probably wants to do wild, crazy things. People are saying like he could be the next Brian Pillman, like you know. Unhinged. I, I'm one of those uh, people, wise. man. He totally could. Yeah. No, somewhere between somewhere between Raven and uh, and um, DDP, I think you'd find Dean Ambrose. Um, and not I just, like that. I never thought of it that way. And not just the denim, but anyway. <laughs> so that's my number ten. Who's your number nine? My number nine is Shinsuke Nakamura. Number nine. My number nine is Shinsuke Nakamura. Number nine, only because what am I seeing of him lately? Again, you forgot not the his first fault. half of the year. You forgot the good times, Darren. Oh, I will never forget the good times. It is, in fact, the lack of good times over the second half of this year is why he is as low as he is on my list. I am a huge fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. But he's a huge fan, Shinsuke. You made number nine on his top ten. Hey, again, I, th- there are fifty people that deserve to be on this list. Ten made it. Shinsuke, you're there despite the fact that you're really not doing a lot, and you're certainly not being given a lot. But even when you're there, I don't know. I don't know if you're reacting uh, negatively, even if it's on a subconscious level. To, uh, to not being booked great. Uh, but there's just not a lot happening there lately. Uh, I still pop for the music. I still pop for the entrance. Uh, I know that when he got in the ring lately, especially going against Kevin Owens, that is a fight that is fun to see. I like to see them uh, at, at one another. That's when uh, Shinsuke comes alive still. I haven't, um, heard, I haven't heard that album. So <laughs> like uh, Peter Frampton comes along. But it's uh, that's that shows me, boy, there's still so much there. And that's why I love Shinsuke Nakamura. He can't be higher, though, because he's not really doing anything special. He's not doing anything special, and uh, whether it's his own fault or not, and I seriously doubt it's his fault, he is turning into an also-ran who needs... A, a defining moment. He needs a WWE defining moment. We may see it at the Royal Rumble. Right. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I, I don't know a good opponent for Shinsuke Nakamura at this point. Yes. Yes, I you do. do. <laughs> yes, you do. That's a joke for all you faithful listeners. Who's your number nine? Number nine. Kevin Owens. Oh, nice. Kevin Owens, also very consistent no matter what he has to deal with, even if it's feuding with Shane McMahon. He still can, can you know, make the best of it. Uh, Kevin Owens is great in the ring. Uh, like we said before, his his ability, his moves, 
his skill set very adaptable to the situation. Also, he's so good at being a heel and so good at talking shit and just so good. saying things off the top of his head. So, I mean, he really is, a, you know, we use the term every now and again, but jack of all trades when it comes to, to you know, the wrestling world. So, Owens, like, he hasn't, hasn't been doing the best stuff and his WWE Universal champ run was kind of a joke. Um, but I mean the the he was good in it. The festival the, of friendship, the 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 actual match with Jericho, um, and then everything after it, it's it's been good. So he he's been uh, he's been consistent. So number nine, number nine from you is Kevin Owens. So Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens for you, huh? Mm-hmm. Dalton Castle and Shinsuke Nakamura, Parami. Right. Yours is sounding a bit more like a, a PWI list than, than mine, though. A bit more what? I don't know. It's a bit more varied. Mine's like, WWE guy! Number two! WWE guy! Uh, in fairness, in fairness, the WWE has the biggest, the best, and the most overwhelming exposure. Good. Then I feel better about most people being WWE people. Go ahead. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight of my top ten wrestlers of 2017 is Cody Rhodes. Ah. The man that Dalton Castle defeated for the ROH World title. Cody Rhodes had one hell of a 2017. And I wish, I only wish I could have seen more of it. I saw the biggest parts. I saw the New Japan parts. The Ring of Honor parts, the uh, <laughs> WWE parking lot parts. I am, am very much, very much uh, on board the, the train, the American Nightmare train. I love him as part of the Bullet Club. I love the American Nightmare gimmick. I loved that the New Japan G1 special in USA that was in Long Beach, California. Just how nasty heel he was. How he was so raunchy and dirty as compared to Okada. And then even teasing the turmoil internally with the Bullet Club by clearly being the heel to Omega's face. I mean, there's so much like nastiness there that Cody plays very, very well. And then at Final Battle, the night he loses the ROH title to Dalton Castle, breaking out the white cape... The platinum blonde hair for the first time in his career, looking like his brother, looking like his father. It's weird. Looking like a million bucks. He takes the fall on that night. He loses to Dalton Castle and still shines. What are people talking about? They're talking about that match and they're talking about Cody too. I think Cody accomplished already close to 100% of everything he could possibly have wanted to accomplish in his post-WWE uh, career, or what will probably look be looked at uh, in historical terms as his WWE sabbatical. Because I certainly don't believe the rest of his career is post-WWE. He will be back. This will be simply part of his WWE sabbatical. And Cody Rhodes, my number eight, with a bullet, with a bullet club. Oh! Cody Rhodes, my number eight. Wrestler of 2017. How about you? Very nice, very nice. Well, that that's a good that is a good choice. Uh, Cody Rhodes obviously has done more for himself. He's gone into business for himself 
literally uh, this year, basically breaking away from being Stardust and you know cutting his ties with WWE to the point of not even wanting to make an untelevised appearance at the bullshit Stargate event that WWE put out. Uh, and 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 good for you, Cody Rhodes. By the way, uh, good for you. Um, my number eight, though, not a WWE guy. Okay, not an ROH guy. He's a fest wrestling guy. A fest wrestling guy. All right, Effie. Effie. Effie's number eight, man. Because goddamn, we we've seen this guy do all kinds of crazy shit this year, right? Well, we've seen him be golden, and we've seen him grab ass, man. And, uh, we've we've seen Effie wrestle most kinds of matches this year. You know, if a, a, a fans, year, yeah. fans bring the weapons match, a dog collar match. Um, he's he's you know, a dog collar I quit match. No dog collar I quit match. You know, a regular match, which is not which is like new to see with, with Effie. And again, you you forget how good of like a like a, a grappler Effie is because you obviously. You know, obviously Effie's very flamboyant and very Effie. Um, and, he is and, quite Effie. And that's that's distracting, or at least you focus on that. But then when the bell rings and you actually see the guy wrestle, you go like, oh yeah, he's a fucking good wrestler too. Like, so that that's very cool. And he's, just, Yeah, because he's a bigger, he's a big guy. Yeah. and He's a muscly guy, he's a broad guy. Like, he's a good wrestler. He's legit. I, I believe he referred himself as the gay Tully Blanchard uh, once. <laughs> okay. To which I, I commented, no, the Tully Blanchard's the straight Effie. Oh, um, nicely said, sir. I'm very good. Uh, Pickle in the Tree match as well. Uh, we've seen him in two of those over the last year. Seven-person intergender ladder match? Yeah, man. So, Effie's had it all. He's had a really good year. He worked his ass off this year doing promo videos, which are always entertaining. Commercials and shoots. Th- this guy's putting so much into it. I think all indie wrestlers who want to know how to get to the next step, how to get to the next level, need to go fucking check out Effie and see what he's doing. Because he makes a l- he makes 90% of indie wrestlers look fucking lazy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because he's taking the viral approach to that next level. Mm-hmm. The next level that you speak of, uh, anybody can... Can, can go get trained to wrestle. Some people are more naturally adept than others. People can uh, improve faster or slower than others. That approach of on the indie scene, getting your name out there, viral marketing is not only social media, people. What Effie is doing with his videos, his short films, is he is getting his name and his face really out there. Twitter is very powerful. It's not all-powerful. You need to utilize every resource. And you're absolutely right. Effie's doing that. I, so, how could I not put him on my list? That's right. That's right. He's your number eight. Number eight. All right. On to my number seven. My number seven. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. Over Shinsuke and over Cody Rhodes? Cassius? And over Dalton Castle? Oh, no. Wow. Is... That hot, he is that fire. <laughs> he is the bomb.com. Man. He is the KO. He is, uh, he's the knockout artist. I don't know about Kevin Owens. I still think that's going to be problematic if they ever end up on the same brand at the same time. Uh, I think that they made Kevin Owens KO when uh, Chris Hero 
was back in PWG, and they didn't think they'd ever have to worry about that problem again. But yikes, fellas. Yarb. Uh, Cassius Ono had an excellent year. I never get tired of seeing him. He's one of my very favorite parts of an NXT house show. Any NXT live event, that music hits. He comes out. A man of his size, his height, his weight, his build should not still be that agile, and he absolutely is every bit as athletic and agile as he ever was. Uh, it doesn't matter what the years have done to him. They're not taking a, a spring out of his step. When he does that somersault over the top rope, lands on his a handstand on the apron. Nimble little minx, isn't he? He most definitely is. And, uh, you know, it's like it seems to me like everything, literally everything about him that gets criticized is a thing that I cheer. You know, I I dig the gear. You know, he gets criticized so heavily for the basketball tops with the trunks, the matching, like, throwback basketball uni stuff, and, oh, he's too big to wear that, or that's out of style, or that's not what a wrestler wears. Man, I don't want to hear any of that. Like, I really like to see this dude in that gear, looking like he's a Toronto Raptor. You know, like... <laughs> I dig it. I, I mean, I really, really dig the gear. Uh, this dude is extremely charismatic. Like he works his his he works his eyebrows and his eyes like he's a goddamn golden retriever. Wow. Like there is so much expression in this dude's face. Uh, very charismatic, and 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 you know, as a, as a person, me, Darren Beasley, as a fan of that old Hulk Hogan speaking voice. You know, when Hulk Hogan's not talking about brother, dude, brother, man, dude, brother. But instead, he's just talking to you like you're really, you know, like your dad. And he's, you know, he's reading you a bedtime story. Cassius Ono, a.k.a. Chris Hero, doesn't sound like Hulk Hogan, but he has that smooth as silk speaking voice that is so charming on a microphone. And it's a different approach. It's, uh, you know, doesn't sound like Hulk Hogan. Not delivered like Jake the Snake, but in that vein of just speaking, mm -hmm. there is a there is a silkiness to that man's voice, <laughs> and I totally dig it. And then when he's in the ring, he's kicking ass. I mm -hmm. mean, he stayed there at the top of the card. There, you know, there's 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 all this hearsay about he's basically in NXT to be like a player coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he's sort of like the Matt Bloom that still gets in the ring. Like he, you know, he's on NXT television, but he's not, we're not going to see Cassius Ono NXT champion. We're not going to see Cassius Ono raw superstar that they, they say he's there basically to put people over because he is a talent. He is a name. Uh, if that's all he's ever going to do, then that's unfortunate for me as a fan. Cause as someone who has him as my number seven, uh, for the year of 2017, that would suck. But, uh, if he's comfortable with it, then, uh, Hey, a tip of the cap to to being uh, you know that giving, that giving to the, nothing, to the industry. Nothing wrong being a big man who wants to put people over. I mean, Scott Hall did that infamously, absolutely, and it didn't matter. He's still he's so awesome. But Cassius Ono, very very uh, fun to watch in 2017. I I can only say I wanted more. Oh. So who you got at number seven? My number seven is someone who went through the wrestling machine faster than I've ever seen anyone go through the wrestling machine. Didn't even know who this woman was a year ago until I saw my first Fest Wrestling 
show, Pickle in the Tree 1, Heidi Lovelace. Before I know it, she shows up at NXT house shows. Next thing you know, she's on NXT television. Next thing you know, she's at NXT TakeOver. Next thing you know, she's on SmackDown on the Riot Squad, leading the Riot Squad on SmackDown Live. Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. Talk about someone who had a good year. Ha! Jesus For real. Christ. And, and, you know, folks who've listened to the show for the last year know that uh, we've, we've mentioned her a thousand times. And I have always said... I have never seen anyone get go that fast through the through the machine. No, and I'm with you 100% on that. In the last 365 days, you and I have seen her. Yeah. On the indie scene as Heidi Lovelace, title carrier, champion. We've also seen her in a gymnasium as Dory Prang wrestling Kimberly, who mm-hmm. now goes by Abby Lath in NXT. Also a competitor from the Mae Young Classic. Which was the best match on at that show. That might be one of the best NXT That's matches of the year. That's one of the, the best year. house show matches I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, she's Ruby Riot. She's on TakeOver. Now she's leading her own uh, pack of hyenas on SmackDown. And... She is a badass. I'm with you. Yeah, and uh, I'm and just I'm gonna piggyback that real quick, and you can keep talking. But that's my number six. Hey, Ruby Riot was my number six. So let me go ahead and throw that out there. Okay, and let's keep talking about her. Awesome, man. She's a badass. She's got so much ability. Uh, she's super talented. She has a very unique offense. Um, she the ring psychology is there. She sells well. She puts you know moves over. And it's it's just great, and I, I love that she's on SmackDown Live, and I love that people are now starting to see how talented she is. Um, I know she got a lot of heat, a lot of bullshit, because she didn't look like Trish Stratus. She she wasn't that conventional WWE, you know, quote unquote diva. Um, but and and that kind of I mean, I mean you know and and off of that that shows you that that's how talented she is. You know, someone like Vince McMahon, who, you know, is championing someone like Mandy Rose, because Mandy Rose is so good looking, and, you know, if Vince had his way, they'd all look like Mandy Rose. Well, yeah, and that... So when you have... And, you, and, and you have, all the men would look like Hulk Hogan. Exactly. When you have Ruby Riot come in, who, you know, she doesn't look like Mandy Rose, she's not blonde, she has, you know, shaved on the sides of her head, she's covered in tattoos, she's pale as a sheet. And thank God for that. And she's doing a punk rock thing, and it works. Because she makes it work, because she is that character, right? And she wrestles so well, you can't ignore her talent, her abilities. Also, like I was saying about Cassius Ono working the the camera and the live crowd with his face, same with Ruby. Absolutely, there is so much going on with her face and her eyes and and, and her facial expressions, her body language, and then as soon as she opens her mouth. She's a rock star on the microphone as well. Mm-hmm. She, I, I haven't seen anybody, you know, so much talk over the last two to three years about the brass ring and grabbing the brass ring. Ruby Riot has, I think she set the brass ring on fire like a circus <laughs> performer and dove The brass them. ring of fire. <laughs> and everything that she does has been extraordinary it's great so my number seven your number six so i guess that leads to my number your six, number six because you 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 had jumped in there uh, my number six is alexa bliss oh wow how nice. great is alexa bliss she is pretty great solid wrestler and uh, you mean she's she's so tiny 
she's so tiny, but she can do so much with what she has. Um, she's got some strength. I mean, she is she is deceptively strong. I think uh, she must do a lot of squats. I assume, um, but also very agile in the ring. Her her style is very adaptable, um, and she's such a good heel. Like she's really good heel, and then she's had a belt. I think every month this year. Um, I think you're right about that. Yeah, she's it's 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 insane. I'm glad WWE sees that. And again, very surprising. Alexa Bliss is someone who looks like a diva type, but she's on Total Divas for God's sake. But because <laughs> but she's five, super, right. but because she's five foot nothing, you would think like, oh, Nia Jax would just eat her whole, right? And then just shoot Nia Jax would be champion for life. But or, or Charlotte, Charlotte or, would eat her, right? Alive, right, exactly. Instead, but no, they've kept it on Alexa Bliss. That they have, they have faith in Alexa, and that's great. Uh, yeah, I have to say that's a surprise. Yeah, I I totally see Alexa. Uh, as one of those that we would love mm-hmm. that would not get the push we wanted her to get. Right. So it's like every every time I see her still getting, you know, pushed really hard, still carrying that belt around, still winning on pay-per-view, still getting the most uh, airtime on Raw, I applaud her and the booking uh, very strongly. Yeah. And I love that fans are with Alexa, too, because she gets... She has to constantly put the crowd down so they'll stop cheering for it. <laughs> right. So that, that's a very cool thing. So uh, who's your number five? My number five is the Rainmaker, Kashka Okada. Ah, the Rainmaker, Kashka Okada, reigning, reigning champion, reigning Rainmaker. <laughs> yes, he is the reigning IWGP heavyweight champion, the International Wrestling Grand Prix champion the top belt holder in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the man who is the longest reigning IWGP heavyweight champion. This guy is New Japan. This guy had two matches this year with Kenny Omega, both of which blew apart the minds of the wrestling world. Uh, Dave Meltzer decided to just say, on a system that doesn't have six stars, it's a six-star match. Uh, and Dave Belcher is still criticized to this day for <laughs> giving a match such a rating. I watched it thinking there's no way, especially when this much hype has been given to it beforehand, how could I possibly watch it and think that it is as good as it was billed? And I did. The first matchup at Wrestle Kingdom 11 was Every bit as good as they said it was. And then I walked around talking about it until the rematch, which I actually thought was better. Yeah, I thought part two was better. And part two of Okada Omega, I mean, damn. And then Okada, he goes on throughout the year. He fights Cody in the United States and... Okada brings that New Japan flavor to the United States in the most definitive way that it's ever been brought. He may not be the biggest name of all time in the U.S. from New Japan in terms of American exposure. You got to look at people like historically like Jushin Liger and you got to look at like Muda and, and all that. And then, of course, and Ricky Steamboat. From Hawaii. (laughs) 
and, and then of course today you have Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke just so happened to have made this jump first because he joined WWE instead of being a part of this New Japan uh, expansion. And then of course New Japan, histor- again speaking in historical terms, you look back and you look at uh, every, all their stars in Japan and how they were global stars, but they were so uh, Japan-centric mm-hmm. that they just didn't have that impact. Okada is sort of, he's blurring that line. Okada's doing something because he's being that Japanese champion. He's being that Japanese superstar, grown there, representative thereof, and yet truly a global star. Right. If 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 Kashuka Okada were a Marvel character, which Marvel character would he be? You have ten seconds. Oh my Nine, god. Nine, eight, seven, six. Five, four, this is the past ten seconds. Three, uh, two, one. Here's who I think he'd be. Okay, I don't fucking know. He, I don't know the, why. That was a totally unfair I, question. I don't know what well, I thought about this, so I was going to give you a second to think, but there's no way you're going to think what I'm thinking. Um, he reminds me of Black Bolt. Just, just, it seems very no, quiet. No, I definitely would not he, have said He that. seems very, like, like, uh, like very, uh, uh, very stoic. He looks like he's always pondering. And he's always like super serious, kind of like how Black Bolt is. I don't know. He reminds me of Marvel's Black Bolt sometimes. Okay. You were you probably thought I was going to say something else, like like Iron Fist. Or I something. had no idea what you were going to say. <laughs> right. I was too busy trying to think of anyone. I don't know. I, I think it's just the face, the 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 Kashuka Okada face, which is just very like very unimpressed by everything kind of face, just kind of annoyed by life. It seems anyway. Uh, but no, he's hey, he's great. That being said, he's great. Uh, yeah, he's my number five of 2017. He may be on my top ten for for years to come. Mm-hmm. I uh, am excited to see uh, this this upcoming week. I'm very very excited to see him take on Tetsuya Naito. That's gonna be a good one of uh, Lij. We'll see what what happens there. Will he finally lose that IWGP Heavyweight Championship? I still say if he's going to lose, it's going to be to Omega. But I guess that means I'm doing my my number five. Your number five well, is let, Black Bolt. Let, let's, it is it is Marvel's Black Bolt. Yes, my favorite wrestler of 2017 <laughs> is the Marvel Comics character Black Bolt. Uh, no, let's go ahead and, and continue with this uh, female creamy center on my top ten list. And uh, Asuka. All right. Asuka, the, uh, the Empress of Tomorrow. Uh, did some really good stuff this year, and she's been very consistent. Um, NXT, I, I will say one thing that kind of hinders Asuka is she tends to be only as good as her opponent. So in NXT, they threw some people who weren't quite who weren't quite there against Asuka, and it it really didn't give Asuka that much to you know to do. It didn't really give her time to shine. But like all of her Ember Moon matches were on point. Any exchange with Ruby Riot was great. And I'm uh, looking forward to seeing her fight different people in WWE. Um, really can't wait to see her in Charlotte fight. And yeah, Asuka's just been consistent and great. And I love that she was undefeated as the women's champion. Um, and that they let it happen. Exactly. They left it alone. So she had a great year as far as the women go, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much I can say about Asuka, but I'm just always a fan. Obviously, she has a very unique look, and her music's great, and... I, 
Empress of Tomorrow is one of the best uh, nicknames or monikers, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ever. And I was really digging the uh, the sort of NWA-ish, like her, like at, at her home, like in her pool. Oh, yeah. Her, her being like driven around by, you know, chauffeurs and stuff like that. Very, NXT. very old school Really NWA. wish they kept that up in uh, WWE. That would have been nice. If, if they gave her a bit more mystique and mystery think they're kind of dropping the ball on Asuka, especially her first match with Emma. Oh, they and are. And Emma basically, you know, trounced her for 20 minutes. Only to then be let go. Only been let go, which makes no sense. But, uh, regardless, again, my list is not solely based on bad booking decisions. It's just kind of based on, like, okay, well, I'll take that. I'm just going to come out and wrestle. Uh, Asuka at number five. Number five. All right. My number four. His name is... Adam Cole, baby! Yeah, I figured Adam Cole was on there somewhere. Adam Cole, I cannot get enough of you. If you cannot figure it out, dear listeners, uh, criteria. <laughs> criteria for me will always be a mixed bag. I, uh, I, am, I am not the sort to really ever look at anything purely objectively. I am a highly emotional individual. Uh, subjectivity. <laughs> I know this to be true, listeners. Uh, subjectivity, Dear listeners, is uh, is everything. Um, I believe that Hunter S. Thompson was so right on about uh, Gonzo journalism. If you're going to write about something, if you're going to write about a motorcycle race, you need to write about your ass attending that motorcycle race. Write about if, a Muppet. If you're going to write about uh, wrestling, Gonzo. If you're going to write about wrestling, write about your experience. My experience with wrestling is an emotional one. I have emotional reactions to things. Uh, I, you know, I cried at WrestleMania 28 uh, when The Undertaker, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels stood at the top of the ramp and looked back with the end of an era match. Um, you know, I shook when The Undertaker left his hat and his jacket in the middle of the ring uh, at WrestleMania 33, you know, I, I, I'm marked out the very first. I'm marked out hard. I'm not ashamed to say my blood pressure skyrocketed and I had to take a lap. Maybe you shouldn't watch wrestling. Uh, around the ballroom okay. uh, in a hotel in downtown Atlanta before WrestleMania 27, before I had the opportunity to meet Raven for the first time. Uh I have an emotional reaction to things that I feel passionately about or, or things that have had a big impact on my life. I feel extremely passionate about the subject of history, about wrestling, about comic books, about certain films and filmmakers, about photography, about football. And as a result... Is this your eHarmony profile, Darren? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. And as a result, I refuse to... Uh, make a list that is bad. I'm not, and I'm not speaking about anybody else's list. I'm just saying. There's only me in this room, Darren. <laughs> right. But we're not the only people in the world who are doing something like this. Any wrestling magazine. I'm sorry, what? Any wrestling podcast. Any wrestling dirt sheet. Website. Whatever. They're making top tens of this, that, and the other. You know what? I'm not making top ten matches of the year. I'm not making a, you know, I'm not making a Modi list. You know, I'm making a Wody list. You're not making a, a quick YouTube video 
Hello everyone, this is my top 10 of 2017. Now, Sean and Flay had a very good year this year. <laughs> they're they're all English. All the people on YouTube are English. All well, the top 10s or the, the, the Botchamania people. Or... Whoops, you see you see that he did try to do a flying four on there. <laughs> he slipped, he did, he did. Oh, 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 oh. Number nine. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you hate what, the English? I hate the English. No, no, I hate those those fly by night. So I just want to say no, those fly by night heartless YouTube videos. Okay, and you have a lot of heart, Darren. You keep talking. I yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for that. I I pour uh, my interest deeply into the things in which I have an interest. I have a vested interest in understanding. Uh, what wrestling is. That's why if you're not putting enough into your character, I don't like you. That's why Brock Lesnar has been on a steady decline in my interest over the last few years. When Lesnar returned from the UFC after having been gone forever and really we never thought we'd see him again, I could not have been more amped on that Monday night when he appeared. But it has been downhill slowly but downhill ever since. And now that it's been so many years, it's pretty far down that hill. I don't give a damn. Oh, because the dude phones it in. When I hear Brock Lesnar is going to be on Raw the next week, I get excited, not for Lesnar, but for Paul Heyman. Yes! Because it's Paul Heyman still knows how to make appearing in front of a live audience on a wrestling program entertaining yeah. and exciting and meaningful and relevant. Ah, uh, okay. That's why Adam Cole is my number four. Not because he doesn't have valid credentials. Not because he doesn't meet significant wrestling ability criteria. Because he does. He also, you know, hits all those markers. But there's an emotional thing with Adam Cole that comes down to the look on his face, how much he believes in himself. Throwing his fingers in the air and saying, Adam Cole, baby. Being in the Bullet Club, leaving the Bullet Club, appearing in NXT, and then, of course, all those little appearances all over the country in indie feds. And Brussels in Circus and such. He, yeah. yeah, and he lent his name and his credibility and his experience uh, and the quality of his being. He's, he's definitely a workhorse, and that definitely comes through. Adam Cole knows what's at stake. He knows that people like Triple H are championing him. So he knows that he has to put his best foot forward, uh, both feet if possible. And it looks like he's diving right into it. So he's not someone who's going to phone it in. He's not someone who's just going to show up and, and do some arm bars and, and you know, pin me, pay me, leave. He's going to do the best with what he has. He's not going to squander an opportunity. And I cannot agree more. Uh, good job. That being said, he's not on my list. Uh, <laughs> my number four... My number four, again with the ladies, uh, Ruby Riot number seven, Alexa Bliss number six, Oscar number five, my favorite woman wrestler in the business today, Charlotte Flair. Wow. Charlotte Flair, talk about consistency, talk about in-ring ability, talk about mic skills, talk about personality, talk about wrestling psychology. Oh my goodness, Charlotte Flair, daughter of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, she's great. She is so good, and, and you you can have her wrestle anyone, and she'll make it a good match. As they say, she could wrestle a broom, and it'd be, it'd be a good match. So, 
Uh, man, I, I, I love seeing Charlotte Flair. Again, you can put her against anyone. It's going to be great. Uh, she's done some good stuff with uh, old Natty. Old uh, Natty Neidhart lately. It's been interesting to watch. And uh, all the stuff throughout the year. I mean, really, really, really good stuff. Uh, good matches against Sasha Banks were, were excellent. Um, the Hell in a Cell match happened, right? Good times. We had some laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> it's it's just been it's been great watching her wrestle, and and I, I hope that her that people are saying already that she's too old or like she's gonna retire soon. I hope not. Like I mean, I'm I'm gonna enjoy her being around as long as I can in that respect. I I definitely think that she will go down as the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Oh no no no! I think she'll go down as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, and that may be true. Right. She's got a long way to go to pull off both of those things. Mm-hmm. That's why she needs to not cut her career short. Um, she could retire tomorrow and she'd be remembered as a great wrestler. But uh, she's got a legacy she needs to cement. She definitely needs to stick around for another four or five years. Right. And I think she's totally got it in her. There's nothing about... Nothing about her in ring that shows me she's wearing out, no. you know. And she certainly doesn't look uh, her age or any particular age. She she's she's gorgeous. This is a highly talented woman who, like you said, all this being said, she's not on my list, but <laughs> it is not. She's the best. She's in my top fifty. It's not for a lack uh, of um, appreciation on my part. I okay. really dig Charlotte Flair. So I'm with you. Nothing you said is untrue. Uh, 2018, that you know what? She's not going to be in the Rumble, you know, because she is a champion. Unless she loses between now and the Rumble, which I don't imagine that happening. But uh, what what I'm anxious to see is we we can't. 2018 is not going to come and go without a Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match, mm-hmm. and I want to see what that's all about. That is going to be interesting to me. I want to see when a true blue championship level MMA fighter uh, of the female persuasion enters a WWE ring full time or you know at least mostly full time. Right. I don't because and I say that because you've got like Sonya Deville, formerly known as Daria Baronado, who fought MMA before. There's others that have MMA training, uh, including the Bellas actually, but like. Ronda Rousey is is it might as well be like bringing Randy Couture over. No, you know? she she's still a marquee name. And, exactly, and, and like I've been saying on the show, you know, for a while now, if ever there was going to be a female main event at WrestleMania, you could bring Ronda Rousey in, and and in the very least, if Bam Bam versus Lawrence Taylor <laughs> could be the main event of WrestleMania. There's no reason why Ronda Rousey versus say Charlotte Flair can't be the main event of WrestleMania. Especially if, if you stack the rest of the WrestleMania deck, you know what I mean? Then it doesn't matter what the main event is at that point. You know, it's just, you remember all these things happen at WrestleMania in general. WrestleMania is its own main event, Darren. Uh, well, that's very true. But that being said, you don't want to take away from the fact that the first women's main event for a WrestleMania will be a huge deal. Absolutely. It will be, it will be a huge deal. I just deal. said that would be a huge deal. <laughs> right, go ahead. So, we're looking at my number three. You are, because I don't know what it is. Well, I'm looking at it, and my number three wrestler of 2017 is the modern-day Maharaja 
Jinder Mahal. Never heard of him. <laughs> Jinder Mahal had quite a year. He did. Jinder Mahal is, uh, wow. He, th- this is something that does not happen in WWE very often. I, I don't even really know what to compare it to. To compare... To compare Jinder Mahal, I mean, there really is no comparison. There really is no comparison to what they did with him, which is being a guy who was formerly a developmental talent, FCW, NXT, uh, called up to the main roster, totally flounders on the main roster, gets kicked to the curb, future endeavored, out on the street, unemployed, non-WWE entity, and then a couple years pass, he comes back, Brought back simply during a period where they're just taking on, they're just, they're just, car, they're just carbo loading. It was when the brand split happened, and it was we got to have guys, we got to have guys. Let's bring back Rhino. Let's bring back Gender. Let whatever. Right. Gender shows up. He's a jobber because that's what the extra meat was all about. Let's have jobbers for our new brand darlings, and uh, you know. That's all anybody thought Jinder Mahal was. Oh, what a joke. We brought Jinder Mahal. No, 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 no. Switches from Raw to SmackDown uh, inauspiciously. And then next thing you know, this dude is the world champion. And and a long-reigning world champion, too. Right. It wasn't like you get it for a week or a month. He had it for three, four months. This guy... He walked the walk and he talked the talk. I, I I was glued to every promo that he shot. I enjoyed every match. No one looked sharper in a skinny suit than Jinder Mahal. Wow. Replete with the with the beard, the turban, the uh, the carpets, the limousines, the Singh brothers. He wore all of that? Uh, he did. He wears the Singh <laughs> brothers. One dangling from each ear like oh. a pair of chandelier earrings. He's big enough and they're small enough. That, that, that could happen. <laughs> Now, the argument for, for Jinder Mahal was always, and I, I also said this about Jinder, it, it happened too quickly, and I still think it happened way too quickly, but for a guy that all of it happened way too quickly to, he really rolled with the punches, and he, he was a credible champion. I completely agree with that. That's why I'm so fond of him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Did it happen? God, with most anyone else, would I have been stuck on the, it happened too quickly, happened too quickly, happened too quickly. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But it was the that he stepped into the role and delivered is why I'm on board. I believe in this guy. Again, it's how it makes me feel. Wrestling is about how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And and gender makes me feel like I'm watching something I want to watch. I don't want to watch Randy Orton wrestle anymore <laughs> ever again. Right. I'm just about to that point with Brock Lesnar. I don't care. At the very least, you don't see Brock Lesnar wrestle every week. Or sometimes every month. Um, Orton, you still see wrestle basically once a week. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just... I just don't care anymore. It's not so much you like Jinder Mahal. You just really hate Randy no, Orton is the point you're making. What my point is, is that Jinder looks different. He acts different. There is a different feel. He's bringing a flavor... And a zing and something that is eye-catching. It's eye-catching. I can't say enough good things. Uh, 
please, please all, please, dear listeners, please rain down on me all of the hate mail that you like. Please, please talk to me about steroid abuse. I don't care about any of that. He is strong number three for me. Do you you think he's all natural build, by the way? I don't care. Oh, wow. That's actually my answer to that is I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Let's say he abuses steroids. Um, punching steroids. Is that hurting anyone but him? Is it hurting He's anyone? He's doing it for you, ladies and is gentlemen. Is he hurting anyone in any way? Right. But possibly, and not even definitely, but possibly himself. No, okay. is the answer to that. Okay, well, unless there are side effects. Then I don't care. Okay. There's not side effects against him that's going to hurt anyone else. Uh, roid rage is a side effect, in which case he could hurt somebody. And then he'll lose his job. Finn and Balor aside, him. Uh, giving him a concussion on the way out of Raw. Uh, no, no, and I, I, you know, I love Jinder Mahal, dear. I'm, I'm just asking you. We never actually talk about that controversy of Jinder well, Mahal, which is people see him and he's got, and that he, was he's, got, he's got, he's got bad back knee. Yes, so that that, that's a telltale sign. Que- yes, okay. yes, totally. And that was a fair question you and, and, asked. And, 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 and by the way, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with anything that you said or it, him doing or not doing steroids. I just asked you because we never talked about it before. And that's why I said that's a fair question. Okay. I simply, I feel your fair question and I feel that my fair answer mm-hmm. is I don't, I don't care. care. Nice. Okay. I, I really don't. I right. really, really don't. I don't have an opinion uh, strongly about steroid use in a sport that is non-competitive. Or an industry that's that's non-competitive. I think that that was Vince McMahon's argument too. Kind of like, yeah. Well, and I think that's a fair argument. That's interesting. But uh, anyway, also if, if the thing, if if the whatever he's using, if it is illegal, then again, that's on him. If you want to risk your health, risk breaking the law, would I advise that? If I were a friend of Jinder Mahal, no, I probably wouldn't advise that. Well, but as just. A fan or an observer of his television product, uh, whatever, dude. I I will say this: if he's using something that's considered bad for you, then WWE needs to change their wellness policy to put that into it. And I I agree because with that. If if it's within the rules of the company, then technically he's not breaking any rules, therefore doing nothing wrong. True. If 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 if, if, if. he's on the stuff. So anyway, so moving on to my number three. Ladies and gentlemen, a man, it was a man, first of all, it's been uh, a lot of women, my, my last four, I believe, are women, uh, going back to the dudes, the cleaner, Kenny Omega, that's right, Kenny Omega, leader of the Bullet Club, had not one, but two phenomenal matches with Kashka Okada uh, and New Japan, and uh, also won the uh, IWGP US title in the tournament, which was phenomenal, by the way. Um, and just consistent and, and all the buildup for his Wrestle Kingdom match with, uh, Jericho is great. And I love that, that Kenny Omega has, he's just so talented. He's such a talented wrestler. He's such an athletic wrestler and he's got, he's got this great, like eighties, 90, early nineties wrestler mentality. Like he's, he's really got the brain for it and he's got the moves. But, like what I've heard about Kenny Omega before in the past is basically, he thinks like an old school wrestler, but wrestles like a new school wrestler. 
Um, I can dig that. And, and that's that's what I love about uh, Kenny Omega. Also, I love that he wrestles in New Japan. And so he he promos in English. And he promos in, in Japanese. And, like, that's so fucking great. Um, so I, I'm just head over heels for Kenny Omega. I, I love watching him do... I, again, someone could wrestle anyone and it'd be, it'd be a phenomenal match. Like, it's definitely Kenny Omega all the way. Good pick, man. I, I, I dig it. I You know, Winnipeg born and raised... Uh, but making his name, making most of his career in Japan. Yeah. And learning Japanese for that purpose, to that end, to get over with the Japanese crowd, to get over with the boys, to get over uh, with the office. Yeah. Doing all of that, making an extreme effort to do so. Most gaijin are not doing that. I'd say some, a lot of uh, white guys will go to New Japan and go, well, I'm exotic. I'm a big white guy. I don't have to work hard. Right. They're going to pay I, me because, because I, because you know, of who I am. Not him. Right. I'm going to learn enough Japanese to say toilet and steak yeah. and Irish whip. If, if you're a gaijin and they look at you and say potential IWGP champion, that means something. Again, sure. that belt that belt might mean more than anything in the wrestling in- industry at this point. At this point, I... I would say so. I completely agree. Okay. There the IWGP Heavyweight Championship has to be the most prestigious. Is it the most coveted? No. Probably still the WWE I, by me, Championship. I covet it. I covet it. It's probably, like, in his heart of hearts, would Kenny Omega still love to also... Hold the WWE Championship, of course. The fan in him, of course, but the wrestler in him knows he needs to stay in New Japan for oh, a little yeah, bit no, longer. No, no, no. I'm just saying that the difference there. I know. I'm, is I'm the not, WWE not... one? I still think might be like, like it is. It is the top like, of the mountain. But WWE's top of the mountain. Yes. But what is remarkable? Well, the whole point of this this little sub conversation here is wow. That we're even talking about the IWGP Championship as something superior. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that that's that's an incredible thing. I think so as well. So, which that speaks to both Omega as a challenger, uh, as well as Okada as the champion, right? And the entire direction of New Japan as a company, like. Can't say enough good stuff. Damn, I'm ready for Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-mm. I am ready for Wrestle Kingdom, dear listeners. How many of you? Are getting New Japan World? Who's going with the with the uh, the nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine yen uh, for for the month of January at least, if not for the whole year? Huh? I think I'm thinking about buying the whole year. Oh, I don't know. All right, my number two, my number two wrestler of 2017 is Alistair Black. I was waiting for him to show up. Alistair Black, formerly known as Tommy End, has a great year in 2017. He comes into the WWE via the NXT live events, the NXT house shows. Hashtag, we were there. We were there. Segments have become few and far between these days, as both Perry and myself have been uh, a little busy, a little busy and a little separated from one another. Uh, been a little more difficult to see Alistair Black uh, live all the time uh, in person around the state of Florida. But uh, the show, this show, the whole Reffin show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, mm-hmm. has been full of Alistair Black talk all year long. 
from the appearance of uh, Tommy End, wrestling as Tommy End, during the UK title tournament at the beginning of the year, up through now being one of the final four uh, in a number one contender's match for Andrade Cien Almas' NXT title, Aleister Black, maybe not moving through the machine as fast as Ruby Riot, but on fire from the get-go. Right. No, no. I, I, uh, big fan of Aleister Black. He was on my list. He was bumped off my top ten list. Oh, man. And that's because this is NXT we're talking about. So you see people that you enjoy watching wrestle actually wrestle maybe once a month if you're, if you're lucky. Um, Aleister Black is, uh, you guys, you know, NXT's uh, tapings happen that way where someone wrestles one a week, you probably won't see him wrestle again for another two weeks. The trade-off, of course, is that that one time you get to see them wrestle, you actually get to see them wrestle. That's true. You're not sitting on your hands, biting your tongue, waiting for Michael Cole to throw to a commercial break. Absolutely, and and that that's that's wonderful. And you always, you're never full enough. You you always want more because you want to see more of them. Uh, but at the same time, it does hurt uh, some people, especially like feud-wise, stuff like that. You kind of forget people exist after a while. I agree. I, but Aleister Black is this high on my list because not only do I have a very strong, peculiar fascination with him, but also his exposure really has not been as limited as some. Right. They have pushed him. They're pushing him. That his entrance, the entrance itself has a gimmick. Uh, even his name. Even his name, which starts out at the bottom of the screen, spelled out in runes before flipping around and turning into letters that spell Aleister Black. They don't do that for anybody else except Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. So to see even their name at the bottom uh, get get gimmicked up. Um, Really incredible vignettes when they first started pushing him in a sharp suit inside of a church, lighting candles, flipping through wrinkly old pages of books. Um, and then the guy, the, the, the presentation with the, the ponytail mohawk covered in tattoos, the simple black leather vest and trunks and boots, reminiscent of Stone Cold Steve Austin, only this vest, instead of saying, you know, <laughs> BMF and uh, 316, Instead, all has all kind Alcohol of... Alcohol-fueled and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it has all kind of indecipherable... I don't know what kind of role model Steve Austin was for children. Not a good one. In hindsight. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know what kind of babyface Aleister Black makes, but he is one. He's one, apparently. And uh, then throwing in all of the, the, the martial arts, the, the, the footwork, the kickboxing to his wrestling style. Very unique style. The cross-legged sitting. The cross-legged the moon sitting. Salts, the moonsaults. And you, you don't want to talk about the Okada face, mm-hmm. man, there is no face that is more stoic than that of Aleister Black, other than when he kind of sniffs and snarls every now and then. Right. Very stoic look on the face of Aleister Black. I can't get enough. Every Everything about this guy made my 2017 better. He is wow. easy, safely at number two here. Wow. I, I mean, I really, I, I'm, I'm so invested in Aleister Black. I want 2018. I want him to. I want to see if he can be my number one. Oh wow! We'll see. He is someone that made your 2017. Someone who made my 2017 and my 2016 
Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, you're number two. Shinsuke Nakamura. It's hard to it's hard to not have Shinsuke at number one. It hurts my heart. Darren, it hurt my heart. Well, I think that, but I you, think you, that you know why. I think that I blew your mind by having him at number nine. Right. You kind of even were blowing my mind by having him at number two. Yeah. I thought he was. Easily your number one. Yeah. And this is only the second time that we've had repeating people on the top tens here. Yeah. 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 Ruby Riot, we agree on Ru- the top so, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ruby Riot. I think it would be a lot more crossover. One might be a crossover for both of us. Because um, if you haven't said this person yet, then there's no way they're not. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Shinsuke, man. But yeah, Shinsuke's in... in Shinsuke hasn't been doing a lot ability-wise uh, since he got called up, and, and the, the, the clusterfuck of him losing repeatedly to Jinder Mahal really, you know, stymied his growth in uh, SmackDown. But man, just fucking seeing him in the, in the coming up next graphic, you know, versus whoever... It's like oh, Randy Orton, John Cena, Shinsuke Nakamura just fucking brightens it up. Like, oh, thank God there's someone else here. And it, Shinsuke. It is the salt and pepper. It really it is. is. the salt and pepper. And, it, I, and I don't mean push it, push it real good. Yes. And God, every time I fucking hear that music, every time I'm waiting for Shinsuke Nakamura's music to even begin, I'm already getting like the butterflies and the goosebumps and it hits. That fucking guitar riff hits. And it's just like, God damn it, I love this guy. And Shinsuke Nakamura, I actually, and, and I don't know if I should really go into this, <laughs> but I'll go into it for, go this, for, for it. the sake of this top 10. I, I have dubbed 2017 and 2016 the Shinsuke Nakamura years okay. for my life. All right. Because I really, really, really got back into wrestling again. Obviously, the podcast was going, and you know nothing made me happier, Darren, then driving with you an hour and a half, two hours to go to some fucking armory in Jacksonville, some gymnasium in Gainesville, uh, some fucking tent outside of a, what, Marriott? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Ocala, hoping that the lights will go out and I will hear that fucking guitar riff and I will see Shinsuke Nakamura wrestle, uh, you know, for $10. Uh, I hope he made more than that, I hope. Um, <laughs> I only paid 10 bucks to be there. And, you know, seeing it only a handful of times in the last year and a half that he was still doing NXT house shows, man, it always, it made it. It made it made a three-hour round trip worth it. You know, it made driving home late at night worth it. And talking about it on the show was always fun. And seeing him wrestle these fucking excellent fucking five-star matches on NXT for, for a while, you know. I wasn't a huge fan of the Bobby Roode, you know, Matches with uh, Shinsuke on his way out. I hated the playing up the injuries, blah, 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 blah. So so Shinsuke Nakamura is just very exciting to me. And he's a breath of fresh air because he is this Japanese guy who, thank Christ, is like 6'2". So he looks good up against these these typical WWE guys. Exactly. Um, and he's still him. He's still unique. There's, n- there's no one like him. There's no one like him. No one like him before him. And hopefully no one like him uh, from this point on. And so that for that reason, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, it hurts me. You're not number one, my friend, but you are number two. Uh, I'm I'm, dig- I'm digging your your choice. Uh, it only makes sense that he's that high on your list. It, it's hard to believe he's not number one, but I totally get it because if I didn't get it, he wouldn't be my number nine. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea here. Is is just I, I'm like kind of 
looking around, kind of like, what's happening? What's going on with Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't take away from how excited I get when it's Shinsuke Nakamura time. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm on board. Well, that leads us to number one. Number one. On my list, the top ten wrestlers of 2017. 365 days. That's a lot of wrestling. It is. That's a lot of wrestle talk. That's a lot of wrestle news and wrestle views. That's a lot of dimp. That is a lot of dimp. And at number one, I have Effie. Effie at number one. Number one. For a minute there, I was going to say, I'm surprised Effie is not on your list. Number one. Number Now I feel like an asshole one. because he was number eight on my list. Well, listen, there's a reason why I didn't want to save it until right now to, to give you my spiel okay. about, uh, uh, like, uh, of subjectivity. I bet you hate that I, I was like, oh, man. You're like, oh, okay, interesting. He was in those matches. Yes, great. Okay. Because you don't want to begin to say what you want to say at number one. And okay. I all, you know, that's why I went in. Adam Cole was a good place for me to insert that. Sort of like Okada and Cole was a good place to insert that because both of those guys, my number five, Okada, my number four, Adam Cole, those guys are on a lot of people's top ten lists. They are, they are sort of that. You said it very early on when I had only given ten, nine, and eight. You said it sound, mine sounds like a PWI list. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, I think Cole and Okada sort of also exemplify that type of argument. Oh, you, you know, you sound like a uh, a wrestling commentator. Guess what? I am just like you. That wasn't a criticism. No. It, it, it's I, I applaud your variation. Well, I didn't say it was a criticism, right. but it's an observation. It just and I'm just saying, Okada and Cole, I could sit here and and, and list off their credentials and. Meltzer's six stars and which belts were held and la la la. But I'm not doing that. I'm talking about how they made me feel. What did I what did I see when I looked at my television? What did I what did I feel when I heard their entrance music? Mm-hmm. Just like the Nakamura example. You know, when I when I saw Adam Cole uh, you know, flash his pearly whites and, and wink and, and uh and tossed to either the Bullet Club, and whether he's fighting Kyle O'Reilly in New Japan, or now teaming with him as part of the Undisputed Era, that's where my emotion and uh, and my inability to remain objective shows you just why my list is what it is. And that is why Effie's my number one. We talk about people believing in who they are and what their character is all about. Uh, Dalton Castle... Dalton Castle goes in hardcore on who Dalton Castle is. You know, Ruby Riot lives her best life as Ruby Riot, as this punk rock chick. You know, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is all in as the modern day Maharaja. And Effie could not possibly be more Effie than he is, and he sells that. To go back real quick to what you were talking about when you talked about Effie in your number eight slot, and I chimed in by saying he's a big dude, he's an, he's an imposing figure, he's not a teeny tiny flippy indie guy that gets so much 
uh, hostile treatment by the IWC. Not by us. We, we are in favor of those guys. But just in case... There is no I in IWC. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you know, you wanted to say Effie is just, uh, is just another one of those indie guys. Another one of those undersized guys. They're on the indies for a reason. He's on the indies for a reason. And that reason is because he's still relatively damn new. And look at his uh, ascent in such a short time. And look at his improvement and his his innate ability that's already there. Combined with the size, the breadth of his shoulders, his uh, imposing figure, his ability to mat wrestle, his ability to flip over that top rope, to fight in a weapons match, in a dog collar match, to bleed, to climb a ladder, to go hold for hold, all the while making you believe every second mm-hmm. that he is... That character, he is that fucking irony-rich, syrupy, dripping, rich, feminist icon character, corporate-sponsored, golden boy of grab-ass daddy who brought the groceries. Is do you, do you love him? Do you hate him? Well, you most definitely love him, but should you maybe hate him? Is he kind of a prick? Right. Yeah, he probably is. And I think that's what we're going to see in 2018. We're going to see that demon come out. That demon that has this lustful soul that is Effie so wound up in this character that is real, that is visceral, that is in your face, that is, uh, it's so engaging and it's so believable and and uh, magnetic. We care about Effie. Wrestling fans who know Effie and watch Effie wrestle care about Effie because Effie cares that you care about Effie. You know, you know, love or hate, you can't help but love the guy. And 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 I will also I I dare say I defy anyone to 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 criticize me. On my placement of Effie at number one because he is a friend of the show, because we have close so closely followed his career, because he's been a co-conspirator in the simultaneous rise of fest wrestling, of the whole reference show, of the career of Effie. No, these things, these the rise of these three entities has uh, has some parallels. It most certainly does. 2016 into 2017 was a movement in both the life and times of Fest Wrestling, the whole reference show, and Effie. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of intermingling there. But I have Effie just as fairly in place at number one as I have Okada at number five, as I have Cassius Ono at number seven. This dude earned it. Absolutely. He earned it based on the criteria that I've laid out for you, Perry, and for all of our dear listeners. This is where this happens. This is where it belongs, and I'm for it. I'll stand by it. Number one, I got a whole year before I get to present something like this again. So I'm talking about the fucking year. The year 2017, Effie, number one. Wow. And I agree, and for all the reasons that you said, and obviously the reasons that I said also. 
I, I agree with that. Uh, you should have you should have gone last. You brought the house down with that one. Uh, my number one, AJ Styles. Good night, folks. <laughs> oh, AJ Styles. AJ Styles. How could AJ Styles not be on your list, Darren Beasley? Um. Okay. Who did you say? You, you did say... You did say you were ashamed that somebody was bumped off of yours. Was it Aleister Black? It was. Okay. I'm ashamed that AJ Styles is is not on mine. You know who also is not on your list? Papa Hades. Papa Hades. Well, well, hold up. Hold up. We're doing our honorable mentions. We're doing our honorable mentions. Okay. Well, I'm not done talking about AJ Styles. I think the most consistent wrestler in the business today is AJ Styles. Uh, the only issue with AJ might be is that he's too consistent. He's too great. And, he, and he's he's worked a lot every week. Um, so he's being put through a lot every week. He is getting on the older side, and his style is definitely not a safe style. Uh, it's an AJ style. Mm, no. Uh, um, so that, that, that is worrisome for me. Um, but all, I mean, AJ Styles has defied a lot of odds because he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, and he's just had some really phenomenal matches this year. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and again, consistently, it doesn't matter who he wrestles, Kevin Owens, uh, Jinder Mahal, Eve was able to put a great match on with uh, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 33, for God's sake. Um, and, and AJ's match with Finn Balor, which no one saw coming because uh, it happened. It was announced the night of the actual uh, network exclusive. Um, so, I mean, it's, God, just AJ Styles. So great. So good. And for a guy that has to fit that WWE mold, he does it very well, but he's still himself. You know, he doesn't let that hinder him, that he's a WWE guy, you know, so he has got like, he doesn't have to necessarily adapt to that mold, but he's he's still the corporate guy. He's a very believable WWE guy, like Randy Orton or a John Cena or something like that, but he can still go out there and put on a match that you would see him do, like a main event of like a TNA show or like an independent show or something like that. So I like that WWE hasn't changed him at all. You know what I mean? Except his hairstyle. Uh, yeah, and that hairstyle is the best thing that's happened to him yes, in his career. I totally agree with that. Losing that, that like, early 2000s, like, gelled bangs look was the best thing he could have ever done. Right. No, I agree with that completely. I, I applaud your choice. Um, uh, as I look back on my, my scratch list, my scratch work, AJ was the example that I gave at the very, very beginning of this conversation of somebody, I, I, without naming his name earlier in the conversation, he was the one that was like, oh, wow, he was number one one month and then didn't even appear in my top ten any other month. Man. And that's not because I'm not entertained by AJ Styles. I really like him. I really like him. I support your placing him at number one. But... When I stop and think about wrestling, and when I think about what was exciting, I just he just didn't creep back up there. Wow. He just didn't creep back up there in terms of feeling, and that's what a lot of this this a lot of this list was for me was putting myself putting like stretching out my feelings into the world of wrestling and what gave me the greatest return on investment and and that and that was my list. Um, now. 
I definitely want to take a moment for us to give. Quit. We don't have to. We don't have to justify them uh, at great length if you don't want. To. I want twenty minutes justification for every person who's not on this list. But yes, go ahead. But just naming a few honorable mentions. Would you like me to go first, or do you want to go? First? Why don't you go first, Aaron? Okay. Well, I will go first. Um, AJ. AJ Styles, obviously. There What's you go. so great about AJ Styles, Darren? AJ Styles, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun Strowman was uh, another one who was a number one one month out of the year on my top ten list. Um, but then, like, I think he doesn't really appear again until some, some months later he appears at, like, my number seven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he just... That that doesn't you don't you don't end up in the top ten that way. But that's more reflection you don't end of up, booking, though. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Again, a lot so much of Shinsuke Nakamura. We keep going back to that. That's why he's my number nine. That's why he's so low. It's the booking. Mm-hmm. The booking strongly influences this. It's not the person's innate ability that's being judged here. What did they do, and how did it make me feel in 2017? That's you. what it comes down to. So AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, both left off my list. Both making it into my honorable mentions. Alexa Bliss. Love Alexa Bliss. She was on your list. Not on my top ten. Strong honorable mention here. Speaking of strong, Roderick Strong. Uh Roderick Strong. I'm a huge fan of Roderick Strong. It pains me. Truly pains me to leave him off this list. But it's literally his lack of success. You know, even in a predetermined sport... His lack of success leaves me wanting so deeply that it actually leaves me dissatisfied. Not in his ability and his performance, but in his direction and in his accomplishment on screen. Enzo Amore. I'm sure anybody who's listening is surprised Enzo's not in my top ten for the year. Enzo Amore is an honorable mention for me, though, because I am and have always been and likely will always be a big fan of Enzo's. Um, I was so distraught by the breakup with him and Big Cass for so long, and then his initial burial, that even all his recent success on 205 Live, and I do love the Zo train, uh, not enough to bring him back into the top ten, so Enzo remains an honorable mention. And then the last two that I'm going to mention were actually originally in my top ten. These two people literally got booted from my top ten. And I and as soon as I tell you the two names, you're going to go, oh, well, of course, you love both of those people. Then you're going to say, how in the world did you take them off? Let me assure you, nothing that either one of them did and nothing that either one of them failed to do. Simply, there's not enough room in ten for twenty. So the two people that did not make my top ten but were booted, and I love them both, Lars Sullivan of NXT and Fest Wrestling Champion Sue Young. Oh. Sue Young, the undead bride, and Lars Sullivan, the Rocky Mountain monster. These two characters. That's what Vader was, wasn't it? He was some Rocky Mountain Mastodon. Okay. Yeah, so they know each other. Yeah, they they hang out in the Rockies. Uh, Sue Young and Lars Sullivan pains me to leave them off this list. Really took a lot of struggle to 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 not include them. Um, Both of them amazing to me in 2017. 
Sue Young traveled all over the world in 2017, defending the Fest Wrestling Championship, defending other belts all over the country and the world. Everywhere she goes, she becomes feared and beloved. And Lars Sullivan simply is the hottest brand new act that I've seen on uh, like a WWE level stage in a long, long time. Lars Sullivan right now to me is like the next big thing Brock Lesnar or early, early, early NWA Sid or Lex Luger. That's the promise of a Lars Sullivan. So right. anyway, those are my honorable mentions. Those are good. Those are good mentions. Those are good mentions. Uh, mine, mine. Uh, we've kind of already talked a little bit about them. Uh, Alistair Black, one of them. Um, consistently good. I love his style. Uh, also, his match against uh, Velveteen Dream was just incredible. It was such a good fucking match from uh, TakeOver. Very uh, good. Very good. Uh, Naito! Naito! Tetsuga Naito from uh, New Japan. Love him. Love watching him wrestle. Love his, like, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's working us when he just is upset about everything <laughs> or like hates that there's so many championship belts, even though he is champion. You know, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't quite understand, but I love it. I, I don't quite understand him. The eye thing is, is great. This little, little extra thing that he does. Tranquilo. Asenayo. Right. Uh, Jericho did some good stuff. Again, couldn't be on it. Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy did a lot of great stuff. First half of the year. That huge comeback for the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania, that huge pop to be there was great to be part of that pop. And again, great. I never thought in my fucking life that I'd ever pop that hard for the fucking Hardy Boys. But Broken Matt, Brother Nero, changed things with the Hardys. Um, and then even Matt just being in, in WWE, obviously they're not doing anything with him. And again, I, I said earlier, you know, booking aside, they're still doing the best they can. Uh, Matt Hardy's presence has been great. And now that he's woken, um, that stuff is all I'm already fully on board with. It's already great. Um, so honorable mention for Matt Hardy. A couple of indie guys, Shane Strickland. Love watching Shane Strickland Ooh, wrestle. Swerve. The King of Swerve. Uh, how great is Shane Strickland? Always exciting, always great. That fucking intro music is great. And I hate that I've heard that he's changed it. And <laughs> that hurts my heart so much. Uh, of course. Uh, Sue Young is great as well. Sue, love watching her wrestle. I, I love what she does. I love the the character involvement, and she's had she's had such a great run as champion. And I mentioned this on our pickle and the true two review, which the the benefit of Sue being champion is she gets to wrestle someone new every two months. So seeing her wrestle all kinds of opponents, all kinds of different style matches, which they're all basically one on one championship matches, so no like little extra bit. Minus pickle the tree itself, um, but every fighting different people with different skill sets, different move styles, and kind of having to basically whatever match they they put on is the match she has to wrestle with them. So I I, I enjoy watching that out of Sue, and she is super talented uh, to be able to do that. Um, also uh, Matt Cross, another another guy who can just run the ropes with the best of them, and you know for someone who's quote an older guy like you fucking wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Um, so it's always fun watching him wrestle. And, I mean, there's a ton more people we can name, but I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Who's going to be in our top ten for 2018, folks? We'll know in a year from now. Yeah, because there's no way to tell right now. Um, but that's it for the top ten, folks. That's it. We can't change it now. If it were a top 30, it would have been much easier. And really, in my top ten, you can, you can rearrange these people all you want because uh, it's it's really hard to put one over the other. 
uh, in every circumstance. So um, that's it. And I, I know my top ten listens to the show. And uh, I just want to go ahead and put that out there. But, hey, <laughs> hey, you're all you're, you're top ten, but it means you're just ten number ones, is what I'm. Oh, say. you're such a sweetheart. And there we go. Um, so that's that, folks. And that's gonna be it for us here at the whole Reffin Show, episode sixty-eight in the can. Lock it up in the can. Are you excited about the Royal Rumble contest? Do you agree? Disagree with our top tens or honorable mentions? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can do it. You can do it at Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. Give us a Gmail. I already gave you the Gmail, uh, <laughs> the Gmail address. That's the whole Refn Show. Or find us on Instagram. There's going to be lots of Royal Rumble specific Instagram posts coming up very soon. You may see your own pretty face on there oh. if you're one of those 30 finalists. Ooh la la. So enter the contest. Send us your pictures. You can be a part of the Instagram show. The Whole Reference Show on Instagram at The Whole Reference Show. Good one. I like it. Simple. I like it. You know what you're getting yourself into. So with that, I'm going to have to remind you that indeed my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beast. And we want to thank you once again for listening to the only wrestling podcast called it right down the middle. The whole rep and show. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Plus incredible Micro Machine pocket playsets. Each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun fantastic features. And there's Micro Machine service set and many more. And these playsets fit together to form a perfectly precise Micro Machine world. The Micro Machines collect and race and trade them from glue. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing.